Mayor Lori Lightfoot doesn't even make it past the first round of voting in Chicago. A St. Louis man shoots a homeless man point blank on the street, and we examine the reasons why. And the Supreme Court considers striking down Joe Biden's student loan bailout as Democrats whine. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Well, Lori Lightfoot, the Smeagol of American politics, uh, a person who began as sort of a semi-charming hobbit and then ended up being really just a, a quite terrible person who helped wreck Chicago's politics even further. She has now failed in her reelect bid, the first mayor to fail in a reelect bid in Chicago in 40 years because Chicago is a one-party town. Chicago is a place where when the party appoints someone the head of the party, that person stays there for literally ever. The Daily family ran that city for decades because of this. Lori Lightfoot did not last two terms because she was that bad a mayor. According to the Wall Street Journal, Mayor Lori Lightfoot lost her reelect bid by failing to garner enough votes to make even a runoff election. <laughs> so she, didn't even, she wasn't even one of the top two. She was like number three in this election, which is pretty shocking. The, the top two, by the way, included a person who last time he ran for mayor actually was endorsed by the Chicago Republican Party, all seven of them. This is a stunning fall for a candidate who had won all 50 of the city's wards four years ago, but had sparred with powerful teachers unions and been under fire for her response to rising crime. The Associated Press declared... Tuesday night, that Paul Vallis, a more moderate Democrat who had won the support of the city's police union. Ah, there you are. And Brandon Johnson, a liberal teachers union organizer, secured the top two spots in April's runoff election. Vallis, you know, again, the guy who won the most votes, is actually police friendly. He's a little bit more investor friendly. He's somebody who's not nearly as radical as Lori Lightfoot. Lightfoot ran in third place. It was the first time in 40 years the city did not elect a sitting mayor who sought re-election. She told supporters on Tuesday that she had called Ballas and Johnson to congratulate them and that she appreciated the love that her supporters had shown her during the campaign. Unfortunately, there were only seven of them. So she actually didn't, she, she actually could hug them personally, which I guess was very exciting for Lori Lightfoot. And, and this should remind us that what goes up in American politics does come down, that the laws of political gravity apply. The real reason that Lori Lightfoot is no longer going to be the mayor of Chicago is because she was a terrible mayor. She was abrasive, she was rude, she was nasty, she was indeed racist, and she also happened to not do anything about the massive crime problems inside the city. In fact, according to wirepoints.org, Chicago's 2022 homicide rate is five times higher than that of New York City and 2.5 times higher than Los Angeles's. Those numbers aren't just post-George Floyd, post-COVID. About a year ago, Wirepoints looked at a study of Chicago's homicide rate, found the city broke ranks from New York and, Chicago and, and LA in the 1990s, and it never dropped. Overall crime is up 37% over 2021 and 20% over the pre-George Floyd 2019. Carjackings are set to hit, hit nearly 2,000 this year or one every five hours. This year alone, 35 Chicago children have been murdered so far. That was of, as of September 2022. So um, yeah, she did a horrendous job. It wasn't just that she did a horrendous job, however. It is, it is worth noting here that Lori Lightfoot, who was treated by the media as a godsend, she was because she was intersectional as all hell, Lori Lightfoot. She was a woman of color who was also a lesbian, which means that she was sent from on high by the angels to be mayor of Chicago. In fact, she was so intersectional. She was like, she was the closest thing that we have ever had to like the most intersectional person in the United States, which meant she should have been amazing at her job, right? Because diversity is our strength in all of this. Well, it turns out she was crap at her job. David Axelrod, who of course is a Chicago insider among Chicago insiders. He said, everybody's strength is their weakness. Her strength is she's a very pugilistic person. She's fought for everything she's gotten in her life. She antagonized a lot of people. Those chickens are coming home to roost. He said, the uncompromising nature of her personality, the lack of relationships with other people she has to deal with constructively, may wind up being very, very damaging. 
Yeah, well, that, that happens to obviously be the case. And this requires us to take a bit of a, of a journey through time to remind you all who Lori Lightfoot was. Because one of the things that Lori Lightfoot's ouster tells us is that the chickens are going to come home to roost, not just for Lori Lightfoot, but for the entire radical left. It's going to happen. 2022, the Democratic Party, which has associated itself with the radical left, escaped the guillotine blade because Republicans decided to raid the local homeless shelter for candidates. But that does not mean that gravity is not going to apply. They're going to continue floating up there. Like the Chinese spy balloon, they will, in fact, be shot down and they will plummet to Earth and it will crash and hurt when that happens. You remember back to the pandemic, there were three mayors, above all other mayors, who were treated by the media as amazing at their job. They're actually terrible at their job. Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, Eric Garcetti in Los Angeles, Bill de Blasio in New York. De Blasio left in disgrace. He then ran for Congress, couldn't even make a runoff. Eric Garcetti left. He was thinking about running for Senate. Didn't even get an ambassador slot under Joe Biden. And now Lori Lightfoot has become the first Chicago mayor in 40 years, not to even, not forget winning re-election. She didn't even make the runoff. Do you understand how bad that is? She didn't make the top two candidates. Top two. She was number three. That's a horrible showing for Lori Lightfoot. And again, there is a reason for that. So let us review the reasons why. So let's begin with Lori Lightfoot on crime, because crime is, in fact, a major issue for the people who live in Chicago. Well, it turns out that because Lori Lightfoot has not clamped down on the crime, a lot of major corporations are like, we don't feel like investing in your city. And Lori Lightfoot, because she is quite a terrible person, her response to this is to tell the CEOs that they need to educate themselves. This is Lori Lightfoot, September 2022. Any remarks, uh, to counter the McDonald's CEO who says people are afraid to come back to the headquarters? Well, I think that um, what would have been helpful is for the McDonald's CEO to educate himself um, before he spoke. So when corporations asked Lori Lightfoot about crime, she immediately chided them this way. And that, of course, is no exception for Lori Lightfoot. She's very abrasive. She's not a nice person. And, and the kind of bizarre mix between Lori Lightfoot, the reality of living in Chicago, which means you might get shot or you might get locked down at pretty much any time under Lori Lightfoot, and her bizarre demeanor really is not, is not amazing. Back in April of last year, she was talking about how there was gonna be a summer of joy in Chicago. Meanwhile, people were getting shot en masse in her city. And folks, just wait till Memorial Day and our summer. It will be the summer of joy in Chicago. It was not, in fact, a summer of joy in Chicago because, of course, people were getting carjacked on a routine basis. And, and Lori Lightfoot always had somebody else to blame. Right? She blamed remote learning for an increase in carjackings. Yes, that was the issue. It was, not, it was not how you undermine the police, as we'll get to in just a moment. We started seeing this rise in cases um, in 2020. And I'll be frank and say, um, in Chicago, um, there was a, a correlation that we believe between remote learning and um, and the rise in carjacking. Yes, that, that, that's what it is. It's the remote learning. By the way, who's responsible for the remote learning? Oh, yeah, it was you. It was Lori Lightfoot who was helping to shut down the schools. And we'll get to more of Light, Lori Lightfoot's glorious history as Chicago mayor, which has come to a crashing halt, as it should, in just a moment. First, here is the deal. The same people who run the government are the same people who decide how much inflation there ought to be in the economy. And they're doing a horrible job. Why would you allow these people to control your financial fate? You should diversify, right? This is the smart thing to do. All smart investors diversify at least a little bit. You should do so by checking out Birch Gold. 
You can hedge against inflation by owning gold, whether that's physical gold or silver in your safe at home or through an IRA and precious metals where you can hold real gold and silver in a tax sheltered retirement account. I bought gold from Birch Gold in preparation for uncertain economic times, and you can trust them the way that I do. Again, diversification is just a smart strategy. Buy gold today. Get a free save to store it in as well. That's right. On qualifying purchases from Birch Gold Group now through March 31st, they will ship a free save directly to your door. Just text Ben to 989898. Get your free info kit on gold. Claim eligibility for your free save. Then talk to one of their precious metals specialists. That's Ben to 989898 today. Diversification is a smart strategy. Get started today. Ask all of your questions. And then when you feel solid, text Ben to 989898. Get your free info kit. And then when you feel solid, start investing with Birch Gold today. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, I've been talking about my Helix Sleep mattress for years. I got to admit, last night was a very rough night. We had to take the dog to the hospital. Dog is okay, but didn't get a lot of sleep. The sleep I did get is thanks to my Helix Sleep mattress made just for me. If you haven't already checked out the Helix Elite Collection, you need to. Helix harnesses years of mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite Collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress, because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress. I love it. My wife loves it. They're big Helix fans here at the Shapiro house. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but I'm not sure that has ever happened. Helix is now offering 25% off all mattress orders plus two free pillows for my listeners. Head on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code HELIXPARTNER25. It's their best offer yet. It's not going to last long. That's helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code HELIXPARTNER25 with Helix. Better sleep starts right now. Okay, so again, why did the crime rates spike under Lori Lightfoot? Well, because she hated the cops. Because she was dramatically opposed to the police department in every single step. Go back to the summer, the, the actual summer of love in Chicago. That would, of course, be 2020 during the George Floyd riots. And over and over and over again, Lori Lightfoot undermined the cops. So back in July of 2020, for example, she was yelling about not allowing Donald Trump's troops to come into the city to shut down riots in the city. Meanwhile, the loop was being completely vandalized. She tweeted out July 21st, 2020, quote, under no circumstances will I allow Donald Trump's troops to come to Chicago and terrorize our residents. Meanwhile, the residents are being terrorized by literal rioters in the streets. She was having open arguments with her own aldermen. The aldermen were like, uh, you, you, are, you got, are not doing a good job of tamping down crime. And she starts yelling at her aldermen and telling them that they are literally full of bleep. Right? This is the kind of person that Lori Lightfoot was. What are we going to do and what do we tell our residents other than good faith people stand up? It's not going to be enough. Thank you, Alderman. Next question. Well, no, I want an answer. I that You commented on everybody. I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. This is a Alderman, question that I have. I think you're 100%, I think you're 100% full of shit is what I think. If you think... Oh. Lori Lightfoot, again, go back to May. And her initial comments about George Floyd is that she took Floyd's death incredibly personally and also went out of her way to rip Donald Trump. You know, when you rip the cops, when you rip the president, when you suggest that there ought to be no, no federal presence in the city when you can't handle your own stuff, it turns out the crime goes up and the PD hated Lori Lightfoot as well. They should have because she was terrible for the PD. She was consistently undermining the ability of the police to do their jobs. And it wasn't just with regard to crime. It was also with regard to COVID. So Lori Lightfoot was the lockdown fanatic extraordinaire. So it began with Lori Lightfoot really locking down the city 
as, as tight as you could possibly lock it down in March and April. You'll remember that all the way back in April of 2020, she actually went to her hairstylist and she was caught on camera visiting her hairstylist. And then her defense was absurd. She said it was essential because she was mayor of the city that she get her hair done. She needed her hair done. It was really, really necessary. This is the kind of person that Lori Lightfoot is. We are trying to do the best that we can under difficult circumstances. I am practicing social distancing. The woman who cut my hair had a mask, had gloves on. Um, so we are, I'm practicing what I'm preaching and making sure I don't typically take pictures these days. Um, uh, but we are trying to do everything we can to emphasize the messages around social distancing, washing your hands, staying at home. Um, but I, as an elected official in the public face of the city, um, need to make sure um, that I am out there and visible um, through this crisis. And then she didn't shut down COVID in the city, as it turns out, because not possible. But that didn't stop her from in October of 2020. Declaring herself Rona Destroyer. I'm not kidding you. This is the this is the greatest clip. This is this is the mayor of Chicago in the middle of the pandemic, declaring herself the destroyer of coronavirus. She'd shut down pretty much all the businesses in the city. She had locked everybody down. All the schools were closed. She was doing the bidding of the teachers' unions, all the rest of it. And here she was dressing up as Rona Destroyer. Why why is this why why did she lose political viability? I, no one knows. No one knows. So guess what we're here to talk about today? And meanwhile, pretty much that same time of year, she was celebrating Kamala Harris and Joe Biden because the election was happening. And so she actually went out and she did an event like in public celebrating Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. Today, our city. This is a great day for our country. We get to take our democracy back. Yeah! There she is yeah! out with a giant crowd for... Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. Some are mass, some are not. And like two weeks later, she declared that they needed a Thanksgiving lockdown in the city of Chicago. A Thanksgiving lockdown. And she said that she would impose a 10-person ceiling on gatherings like weddings, funerals, and other events, according to the Chicago Tribune, during the Thanksgiving holiday. So she was out there rallying. And this was Lori Lightfoot. It was the Democratic Party writ large. You were allowed to riot. You were allowed to do your politics. Coronavirus apparently did not affect anybody who was sufficiently woke, including Lori Lightfoot. She could go and she could get her hair done and she could go and she could do rallies and people could twerk in the streets for George Floyd in her city. People could riot. The real problem was, of course, if you wanted to go to grandma's funeral, that was the real issue for Lori Lightfoot. I mean, she, she was so radical, Lori Lightfoot, that after holding Lollapalooza in the city in October 2021, which is what she did, she actually held Lollapalooza in Chicago. At the exact same time, she was chiding the Chicago Police Department's union, the Fraternal Order of Police, for, quote, trying to induce an insurrection against her attempted vax mandate. She wanted a vax mandate on the police. The police had to be vaccinated. They couldn't arrest anybody, but they definitely had to be vaccinated. And then she accused them of trying to incite an insurrection. So you asked the question of why the lawsuit. Um, because we believe that 
the FOP leadership is trying to foment an illegal work stoppage to strike, pure and simple. We've laid that out in the materials, um, and we're not just we're not having that. The, the contract is clear and it's been known for a long time. Uh, the police unions are not authorized to strike. It's in their collective bargaining agreement, and it's a matter of state law. What we've seen from uh, the Fraternal Order of Police, and particularly the leadership, is a lot of misinformation, a lot of half-truths, and frankly, flat-out lies in order to induce an insurrection. Uh, and we're not having that. An insurrection. Again, the, the, the insurrection. If you didn't want to get vaccinated, you were a cop, and all you wanted to do was police crime. She wouldn't let you police crime, but she would try to force you to get the vax, and then she would call you an insurrectionist for not wanting to get the vax. I, I wonder why she was so unpopular, guys. It makes no sense. By the way, then she tried to actually create, and she did create, a vax passport in the city of Chicago. And she tweeted out in November of 2021, direct quote, to put it simply, if you have been living vaccine-free, your time is up. If you wish to live life with the ease to do the things you love, you must be vaxxed. This health order may pose an inconvenience to the unvaccinated. And in fact, it is inconvenient by design. I mean, she was as fascist as an elected official can be. She, she was essentially a vax fascist. She literally went out in public and said that if you want to live life, you must be vaccinated. Must be if you want to live life. Here she was in December of 2021. December of 2021, guys. It was clear by this point that people should have the freedom to vax or not vax as they saw fit. And here she was telling people that she was going to shut down their lives if they were unvaccinated. The Smeagol, the mayor of Chicago. Our future is going to depend upon whether or not they stop being hesitant and get the vaccine. I don't want to shut the economy down. I don't want to have to take other mitigation steps. We have been through hell and back in the last 20 months. Nobody wants to go back to that time, least of all me. But if we have to take drastic sex, we will take them. I hope we never, ever have to get back there again. But it really depends upon the actions that people take here and now. We are in another crisis, and we've got to act accordingly. Well, Lori Lightfoot's political career is dead. I hope that she wrote a will, but you should write a will. I mean, we're all going to pass at some point. And that means that you need a will. Make sure that people like Lori Lightfoot, the bureaucrats who staff your government, are not actually determining how your assets are dispensed or who takes care of your kids. Creating a will is super important. My wife and I have one, of course. My partners at Epic Will can help get you set up with a will today. For just 119 bucks in as little as five minutes, Epic Will can help you create your last will and testament, your living will, even healthcare power of attorney. Head on over to epicwill.com Shapiro. Get my discount code. Save an extra 10% on your complete will package. With Epic Will's easy-to-use template, all you have to do is fill in the blanks. Go to epicwill.com Shapiro. Save 10% on Epic Will's complete will package. That's epicwill.com Shapiro. It's one of the most important things you can do is to make sure that your assets are properly disposed of. Also, you need a living will so you can actually think through what you would do in certain health scenarios because you don't want people doing that on the fly. These are all documents that you can do and you can do them quickly and easily with epicwill.com slash Shapiro. Save 10% on Epic Will's complete will package. Very important for you, very important for your family. Epicwill.com slash Shapiro. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, a child's life is molded by his or her home, school, friends, community. A positive experience in all these areas helps build a healthy child. Cars for Kids, that's Cars with a K, is a registered nonprofit organization aimed at giving children the tools to succeed in life. If you have a car that's just sitting in your driveway taking up space, you should consider donating it 
to Cars for Kids. You know, Cars for Kids, they've got that jingle, right? The 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS, K-A-R-S, you know it. If you're tired of looking at that old car in your driveway or hearing your spouse complain about it, why not let Cars for Kids take care of it for you? Here's how it works. Visit their website at carsforkids.org slash Ben. Let them take care of it from there. The whole process only takes two minutes. Cars for Kids will schedule a pickup at a time that's convenient for you. If you don't have a car, you can still help. Cars for Kids accepts non-cash donations of school supplies, clothing, sports equipment, and more. So what exactly are you waiting for? Call now or visit carsforkids.org slash Ben to get the ball rolling today. That's Cars of the K, the number four, at carsforkids.org slash Ben. That's carsforkids.org slash Ben. Well, Lori Lightfoot's political failure here does raise the question as to why it took so long for her to fail. And the answer, of course, is the intersectionality. Everyone recognized pretty quickly Lori Lightfoot was not up to the job. She was bad at the job. She was nasty about her job. But she was able to get away with it because, of course, she was a black lesbian. And this is the thing that matters more than anything else in American politics is your identity status, which is why she kept calling upon it. So back in July of 2021, for example, she literally said that she would she would only give interviews to black reporters, which is about as racist a thing as a public official has ever said. And it's an amazing thing. That's literally saying that you will own, like of any race. If if I said I'm only giving interviews to white reporters, that would make you a racist, right? That make me a racist. Lori Lightfoot says this sort of stuff. No problem. Your office says that you invited black and brown journalists to, to this round of interview. Uh, why? I, I'm happy to vouch for Craig Wall, for Heather Sharon and others. Well, look, I, I think in this one day when we are uh, looking at uh, the two year anniversary of my inauguration as a one of a color, um, as a, a lesbian, it's important to me that diversity is put front and center. That's it. So diversity, diversity. Well, why is it important for Lori Lightfoot that diversity is front and center? Because that's the only reason she's mayor of Chicago. And that was always her constant defense. July 2021, there's a lot of critique of, of her performance because she's a bad mayor. So what did she say? She said literally 99% of all criticism of Lori Lightfoot was racist and sexist. So what does she now have to say about the citizens of Chicago who voted her out? Mayor, in recent months, uh, there have been questions raised about your, your temperament and uh, your reaction to criticism. Uh, Tribune editorial used the term irascible. Uh, how much of this do you think might have to do with the fact that you're a woman and partic- specifically a black woman? About 99% of it. Expand on that. Well, I mean, look, look at my predecessors. Um, did, did people say that Rich Daly um, held... Uh, you know, uh, uh, tea sessions uh, with people that he didn't disagree on. Uh, Rahm Emanuel was a polite um, guy who was a, a uniter. No. Women and people of color are always held to a different standard. I understand that. I've known that my whole life. Amazing, right? Intersectionality is always sword and shield. It also allows her to suggest that, of course, her own failures are the result of systemic racism. So back in June of 2021, as the murder rate was already skyrocketing in her city, disaster area. She was still doing COVID lockdowns and all the rest. She was declaring racism a public health crisis in June of 2021. When we think about racism, many of us think about its visible and audio, audible forms. But the reality is the insidious nature of systemic racism has other impacts that are every bit as deep and harmful. So again, sword and shield. 
It allows you to claim that all the problems in your city are the result of systemic racism. And also any critique of you is about that same exact sort of racism. Well, here's the problem. At a certain point, your citizens get sick of this bullcrap. At a certain point, your citizens say, no, we would actually like to live in a city that is livable. And we don't care about your intersectional bona fides. And we don't care that the media are going to treat you with kid gloves because you're a black lesbian. We don't care about any of that. You're off-putting. You're terrible at your job. Goodbye. So we all bid a fond farewell to Lori Lightfoot. But the problem is that the, the sort of thought process that put Lori Lightfoot in place in the first place, the sort of ideology that made Lori Lightfoot a hero to the left, that is still alive and well in major cities all across the United States. And the chickens, as I say, are not going to only come home to roost for Lori Lightfoot. They're going to come home to roost for a lot of the radical leftists who are in positions of local, state, and federal power so long as they mimic the stupidity of the policies of people like Lori Lightfoot. That is particularly true in the city of St. Louis. In just a second, we're going to get to the most horrific story of the day in St. Louis because St. Louis is basically attempting to do exactly what Lori Lightfoot did in Chicago. And some of the public officials there are about to feel the same exact heat. First, you know, you look at the news, it's hard to sleep. Hey, for me, on a personal level, I have three young kids. I have a dog. The dog wakes me up at all hours of the night. Well, this means that when I get onto my mattress, I need to sleep. And this is why I rely on Helix Sleep. Helix Sleep makes sure that I have a mattress personalized just for me. It's a premium mattress brand that provides tailored mattresses based on your unique sleep preferences. The Helix lineup includes 14 unique mattresses, including a collection of luxury models, a mattress for big and tall sleepers, even a mattress made just for kids. I've had my Helix Sleep mattress for literally years at this point. Feels just as good as the day that we got it. I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable model because I need the, the firmness or I get back pain. I need a breathable model. I tend to heat up at night. Helix made it happen for me. They'll do the same for you. Helix has a 10-year warranty. You can try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix has over 12,000 five-star reviews. Their financing options and flexible payment plans make it. So a great night's sleep is never far away. For a limited time, Helix is offering up to 20% off all mattress orders plus two free pillows for our listeners. This is their best offer yet? Hurry on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben with Helix. Better sleep starts right now. Okay, we'll get to more on this in just a moment. First, we're experiencing a lot of global instability as we plunge into primary season. How are you protecting your family in the middle of all of this chaos? The fact is there's one asset that has withstood famine, war, political and economic upheaval dating back to ancient times. That, of course, is gold. It's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold and Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold can help you create a well-thought-out and balanced investment strategy. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold without paying a penny out of pocket. Diversify into gold today. Just text Ben to 989898 for a free info kit. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to check out Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898. Claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold the way that I did. Diversification is always a smart business strategy, particularly in really tenuous times. This is a tenuous time. You should check out my friends over at Birch Gold. Text Ben to 989898. Get in touch with them today. Ask all your questions. Text Ben to 989898 to get started with Birch Gold. Okay, so over in St. Louis, there's a video that has gone absolutely viral because it's the video of a person getting murdered. And it is a, a shocking, horrifying video. In the video, I'll describe for folks who can't watch, you will see there is a, a man, happens to be a black man, who is casually loading a gun, just standing on the street. There's no one else on the street. It's the middle of the day, broad daylight. There's a homeless guy who's sitting on the curb, also appears to be a black man. And um, the, the guy is sitting there loading his gun and he, he's being taped. This is for like 30, 40 seconds, just loading his gun. Cars driving past, middle of the day, no problem. No, he just put a magazine and um, no one does anything. They're just taping him. 
And eventually, he is going to just shoot this homeless man in the back of the head. Just to execute him in cold blood in the back of the head. It's an, I mean, unbelievably horrific video. Apparently, according to the UK Daily Mail, witnesses said they saw the pair fighting outside the Shell gas station further up the street moments earlier. The shooter has now been charged with first-degree murder. He fled the scene. He was arrested after entering a public library later in the afternoon. It remains unclear if the shooter, who has a forehead tattoo and a neck tattoo, which is always the sign of a, of a vice president at Chase Manhattan Bank, has a criminal record, or if he was out on bond or probation at the time of yesterday's shooting. Frightened St. Louis residents say it's more proof that local leaders, including Soros-backed progressive circuit attorney Kim Gardner, do not have a handle on escalating crime. This is broad daylight. Have we seen enough? We can't sugarcoat this any longer. It's time for St. Louis to do some soul searching, some people said. Okay, so here is the story with Kim Gardner. So Kim Gardner has presided over a massive increase in murder in the city of St. Louis. St. Louis is one of the deadliest cities in America. I think it's second only to New Orleans at this point. And the rise in murder in St. Louis started, unsurprisingly, in 2014. By 2014, the year of the Ferguson riots, that is when police all across the country stopped policing at the behest of public officials, people like Kim Gardner or Lori Lightfoot, people who suggested that the police were the problem. And so you saw the murders in St. Louis spike from 120 a year in 2013 to 159, 188, 188, 205, 186, 194, 263 in 2020. That was the George Floyd year the year in which we decided the police were totally evil. 263 people were murdered in the city of St. Louis, 200 in 2021, and at least 200 in 2022. And, and part of that is due to Kimberly Gardner. So Kimberly Gardner is the rogue prosecutor who has decided, like a bunch of other Soros-appointed prosecutors, that prosecuting crime is really bad and really terrible. So for example, Kim Gardner, she has taken on the cops in the city of St. Louis in 60 Minutes. Did a full story about her and her bravery. And here she is alongside the police union rep talking about how she has basically stopped the police from doing their job. This is in 2021. Gardner's pushes for reform have also led to conflict with the St. Louis Police Union. Jeff Rorta told 60 Minutes Gardner was in over her head. She's a prosecutor that... Uh... You know, wants to second guess everything law enforcement does and and find fault when there's no fault to find. Whitaker pressed Rorda on the number of police involved shootings that happen in the city being highest per capita in the nation. Well, we don't shoot, Bill. We shoot back. I mean, we we live in a very violent city. Kim Gardner says the momentum for change comes from the citizens of St. Louis. And that's why I'm not going to back down. That's why I'm not going to kiss the ring of the status quo to keep it a certain way. Okay, by the way, the 60 Minutes interview also included clips of her talking about how much hate mail she receives, right? How everybody who opposes her is racist. The Lori Lightfoot model, because Kim Gardner is a black woman. And that means intersectionality. And that means you weren't supposed to criticize her crap policy and the fact that she wasn't prosecuting crime. An investigation by a local TV station, according to Heritage, showed that in 2018, prosecutors in the city got guilty verdicts in just 51% of cases. Gardner's office loses half the cases it takes to trial. She says that she is not going to prosecute felonies because she wants to focus on the more difficult cases, but then she doesn't actually win those particular cases. And she is part of a broader problem in DA's offices across the country, ranging from Kim Fox in Chicago to Marilyn Mosby, Baltimore's rogue prosecutor who decided to simply let murderers off the hook in that, in that particular city. According to News 4 in St. Louis, Gardner was also enjoying herself jetting around on somebody else's dime during this time. Well, now 
the rubber is meeting the road because reality sets in. There's a horrific, horrific story from her city. This is KSDK reporting. A 17-year-old girl was struck and critically injured by a car while she was walking in downtown St. Louis on Saturday night. This is about a week and a half ago. St. Louis police said the crash that left the teen injured started when a 2023 Audi Q5 drove through a yield sign at the intersection of St. Charles Street and North 11th about 8.40 p.m. Apparently, a 2016 Chevy Malibu struck the Audi. It was coming through the intersection and sent the Audi crashing into a parked car. And, a 20, and, there, was, and there was a 17-year-old girl walking in the area and the, the car hit her. The girl was rushed to the hospital with critical injuries. She ended up apparently losing both of her legs. She lost both of her legs. A 17-year-old girl was coming home from a volleyball tournament. And um, the person, the driver, who was arrested and charged with second-degree assault, driving without a valid license and multiple other crimes, and was going 20 miles per hour over the speed limit and did not try to brake before the crash, was out on bond at the time of the crash and had committed multiple parole violations. Multiple parole violations. So people started looking into this. They were like, uh, Kim Gardner, what exactly is it you would say you do here? Because... Um, you are literally just letting criminals out on the street and now they are maiming 17-year-old girls. And, and you think this is part of your job. Things got so bad in St. Louis that the mayor of St. Louis, Tishwara Jones, who is an ally, right, of Kim Gardner, she also is intersectional and also is a Democrat, very far to the left. And she says that Kim Gardner has lost the trust of the people. That's how bad things are becoming in St. Louis. Democrats are throwing other Democrats under the bus. Here we go. I think that she needs to do some serious soul searching uh, and whether or not she wants to continue as circuit attorney for the city of St. Louis. St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones criticizing St. Louis circuit attorney Kimberly Gardner. The circuit attorney who's been there for six years, this incident and others have highlighted the fact that some improvements need to be made in her office because she's lost the trust of the people. It's amazing. Amazing. Okay, but here's, so here's the, here's the best part. How did Kim Gardner defend herself? So first she said, that she had, on three separate occasions as recently as last month, requested the defendant's bond be revoked. But apparently, the defense attorney for this particular person contradicted Gardner's account and said she was falsifying the timeline. She literally put out two entries in her timeline of events that were completely fabricated, made up, because she's having to cover for the fact that she is soft on crime. Yeah, I Play stupid and dangerous games and win stupid and dangerous prizes. So how's Kim Gardner defending herself in St. Louis? The same way the Lori Lightfoot did. Everybody who dislikes me and thinks I'm doing a bad job is a racist. Mayor Tashara Jones said the prosecutor lost the public trust. And if Kim Gardner was trying to restore it, it's hard to see how. In a combative press conference Thursday, she described herself as the victim, dodged direct questions, and dove further into uh, division and deflection. In spite of the vitriol, the hate, the racist attacks, while it is true my office could have done more, to say we did nothing is only disingenuous, but it's willfully ignorant. There are numerous attacks on our office. There are numerous individuals that have an agenda to make sure that my office does not succeed. And we did our job. And as I said, could we do more? We could. But did we not do nothing? That is not true. Okay, well, she's going to be out on her ass as well. The chickens are coming home to roost. You guys pursued bad policy and then you tried to cover it up with the patina of intersectionality and it is failing. It is failing in Chicago. It is failing in St. Louis. It's going to fail a lot of places before all the chips settle. Meanwhile, the Supreme Court is getting ready to devastate the Biden administration. So the Biden administration played a super cynical game. You'll recall that last year, 
They said they were going to forgive student loans held by 40 million Americans. Now, the Biden administration does not have any power to do that. They don't even have anything remotely like the power to just do that. What they were using was a bill that was passed in the aftermath of 9-11 that was designed to relieve student loan debt for American veterans. That's what it was designed to do. And so Joe Biden, because he's a cynical politician, just say it that way, he's as cynical as the day is long. He decided that he was going to put out a notice just before the election that he was going to relieve student loan debt amounting to hundreds of billions of dollars. He doesn't have the power to do that. He doesn't have an excuse to do it. There's no legal excuse. And how was he going to get this through legally? What he was going to do is he was going to claim that no one actually had standing to sue him. So in other words, because no one is quote unquote damaged and because the general taxpayer can't sue, then there is no way for anyone to stop him, which if true, would basically spell the end of any serious legal check on the powers of the executive branch. Because if the executive branch can just get rid of things willy-nilly without any legislative authority whatsoever, then what exactly are the limits on them? The limits just don't exist. Well, according to the Wall Street Journal, the Supreme Court is skeptical of that argument. The administration apparently believes, said Justice Samuel Alito, that when it comes to handing out benefits, a trillion dollars here, a trillion dollars there, that doesn't really make much difference to Congress. Adding that hardly seemed very sensible. Justice Neil Gorsuch asked whether Education Secretary Miguel Cardona was outside his area of competence in putting forth a regulation with such extensive economic impact. Quote, I understand the secretary has considerable expertise when it comes to educational affairs. But in terms of macroeconomic policy, do we normally assume that every cabinet secretary has that kind of knowledge? Liberal justices, of course, said when Congress authorized the education secretary to respond to national emergencies by waiving or modifying legal provisions applicable to the student financial assistance programs, Debt cancellation obviously is part of the equation. Elena Kagan, who is as far left as it's possible to be on the court, other than Sonia Sotomayor, she said Congress doesn't get much clearer than that. Okay, the HEROES Act, again, was designed to alleviate student loan debt for, for veterans or in the case of like a terror attack. Joe Biden just declared a national emergency, an ongoing national emergency for COVID, an emergency he himself has said does not exist. And then he has used that as the predicate to cancel student loan debt. And my favorite is that he claims now that the inflation rates and the hard economy mean that we have to get rid of the student loan debt. At the same time, he is claiming that everything is wonderful and hunky-dory, economically speaking. Well, the, the Supreme Court is about to get rid of this thing. They're going to strike it down. And they have to strike it down because it's absurd. It's, it's a ridiculous, ridiculous usurpation of power. And the reason it was such a cynical game is because Biden himself had said, Pelosi had said, he doesn't have the power to do this. And so he knew that. So he's hoping that if the Supreme Court strikes it down, he will then be able to campaign against the Supreme Court and all those evil Republicans who want to who make you pay your debts and all the rest. I don't think it's going to play out that way. I think it's going to play out as another failure, another promise made by the Biden administration that wasn't real in the first place. I think he's playing a game that he thinks is too sophisticated by at least half. It's just not that simple. We'll get to the Democratic whining in response in just one second. First, my friend Jordan Peterson has a brand new five-part series on Daily Wire Plus. It's called Vision and Destiny. It's a series designed to help you find clarity and direction. In a world where we're more interested in coddling and affirming stupidity, Jordan is unafraid to tell you some pretty hard truths. Here, he discusses the damage we're doing by, quote-unquote, affirming someone's chosen gender. Trans activists would come up to me and say, well, you know, you're really hurting me if you don't accept my indeterminacy of identity. And I thought, well, that's what you think. But as a trained clinician, I think that I'm going to do you a lot more damage in the medium to long run by going along with your claim that you can just be anything you want moment to moment. You think that's freeing because you regard all social constraints as inhibitions on the wonderful manifestation of your true self. But I know that in order to be healthy in the long run, you have to be integrated at multiple levels of social community. And when you introduce indeterminacy as to your status at the sex level, 
No one has any idea what to do with you. And so how are they going to play with you? They don't know what you are in, the, in some sense that even enables the ball game to get off the ground. And so that's no recipe for long-term well-being because that's always bandied about that notion of well-being and harm. It's like, no, you have to negotiate an identity. Now, Jordan is speaking tough truths to people, truths they actually need to hear. If you got friends who are wondering, number one, why Jordan is popular, or number two, friends who are experiencing the chaos of life and don't have a guide, Jordan is a great guy. The first two episodes are out right now. New episodes come out every week. It's all exclusive for Daily Wire Plus members. Join now at dailywire.com slash subscribe to watch Vision and Destiny from Jordan Peterson. Okay, meanwhile, well, Democrats are, of course, whining and screaming and mewling about the fact that the Supreme Court is very likely to strike down what is obviously an unconstitutional seizure of power by the executive branch to get rid of hundreds of billions of dollars, maybe trillions of dollars over the course of time in student loan debt. And Biden knew at the time he did this, that this was not legal. He did it anyway. And again, the entire political cynical game was, I'm going to do this thing that totally is going to get struck down, but I'm going to make that promise. And if I make that promise and then the promise gets struck down, I won't get blamed because of course I made the promise and it shows people I was willing to do it. And what I need is more power. And if you gave me more power, I really would be able to. That's not how this is going to play out. You lied. You said that you could do a thing and you lied. And the American people are going to hold you accountable for that lie. By the way, on principle, if you take out a loan, repay your loans. I don't know when it became okay in this country to believe that if you take out a loan, you shouldn't repay your loans. That it's everybody else's responsibility for your crap decisions. You made a bad decision to take out $150,000 in loans to go get that sociology degree from the local community college or the overpriced private college. Your problem, not mine, not anyone else's. You did it. That was stupid decision-making. If it's going to be anybody else's problem, maybe it's the school. Maybe you should sue the school for false advertising, for fraud. Maybe the school made you promises that weren't fulfilled. All right, go sue the school. But why I should pay your student loan debt is beyond me. I'm not paying your credit card debt. I don't see why I should pay your student loan debt. It, it, again, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's considered selfish for people to say, I don't wish to pay your debt. You should pay your own debts. It is not selfish, however, for you to incur a bunch of debts and then expect everyone else around you to pay them. It's an insane thing. But this is... Again, part and parcel of, of, I think, a broader democratic program at this, at this point in American life, which is to make people lazy bums. I think that the, the goal of the Democratic Party at this point is to make your life worse so that you will blame the system and then you will give them power to change the system. I, I think that they're top-level members of the Democratic Party and the press who are perfectly happy with incentivizing bad and stupid behavior. Yeah, you should, there shouldn't be any consequences for behavior. Get pregnant out of wedlock. Be overweight. Go to, uh, incur debts that you can't pay. Drop out of school. Do all the dumb things. Because after all, the reason you're failing is not because of those individual decisions. It's because of the system. Now, first of all, that is a recipe for individual unhappiness. If you actually wish to be happy in a free country, make good decisions. Make decisions that make your life better. But it's not in the interest of a lot of politicians to actually incentivize you to make those good decisions. It's in their, it's in their interest for you to fail because then they can say that your failure is the responsibility of a system and they need the power in order to change the system. Bernie Sanders' entire shtick is exactly this. All failures are the system's failures. Now give me the power and I will take that power and I will use it on your behalf. I will restructure the entire... He's never produced a damn thing in his entire life. So we're now about to hear from a bunch of people who have never produced a thing in their entire life. Like never. Their entire career. They've not produced a job. They've not produced a business. They've not produced a product. They've not produced a service. And here they are explaining why you, a person who has produced all of those things, should pay the bill for somebody else who took out a bill to get their ed degree from from the local community college. 
So first we begin with Miguel Cardona. Again, so many career useless people in government at this point. One of the striking facts about the Biden administration and the Democratic Party in general is how few of these people actually earned a living before they actually went into government. And Cardona was a, a, a principal, I guess. I guess that, that, that's, that, that's as much of a job as anybody in this administration has held, I suppose. But here's Cardona suggesting this is pandemic-related relief. This is not pandemic-related relief by any stretch of the imagination. How do you make this fair, though? Because there, I believe um, the concern might be that there will be future legal challenges um, and that, the, and, you know, there are many things to consider when you forgive some loan debt, but not other loan debt. And then you have people who have paid off the debt. We know that after national emergencies, uh, when loan payments are paused, when it's time to restart the loans, there's a, up to 20 times the amount of defaults that you would normally have. Uh, we want to prevent this. This is why we pr proposed uh, targeted debt relief of $10,000 or $20,000 if you're a Pell recipient um, to help those folks get back on their feet. And as far as folks who it is say, not pandemic related relief, my debt, well, that happened prior to the pandemic. This is pandemic related relief uh, that uh, millions it of is Americans not. need. We poured trillions of dollars into people's pockets to stay home for two years. And here he is saying that it's pandemic-related relief. By the way, the reality is one of the claims they're making is that inflation has it makes it harder for people because the economic conditions to pay back their loans. Precisely the opposite. If your wages went up and your actual student loan debt is on a fixed rate from a fixed base, that means that your actual price to repay your loan went down. Hey, if your income went up and the debt is the same, then it costs you less money, relatively speaking, in order to pay off that debt. It makes no economic sense. But the real point here is a bunch of useless people suggesting that they get to steal your money and then use it for purposes of their own making and relieve other people of responsibility in the process because they want to incentivize stupid behavior. They want to. Here's Ilhan Omar, a, an anti-American useless person, talking about how we're not going to stop until everyone is freed from student loan debt. Regardless of what happens today, we are not going to stop we are not going to rest until every single person who has student debt is freed from that and is able to have opportunity in this country. Uh, all, all these people, all these people, it's, it's amazing. Cori Bush, the, the language here, Cori Bush, the, the mewling and the whining, the, the, the tears are sweet. I mean, it, it's filling up here because the Supreme Court's going to strike this thing down. And then all these people are just going to whine and cry and they're going to cry and whine. Here is Corey Bush, again, another career useless person who has never produced a product, service, or business, talking about how, about how everybody should, uh, should, have to, should be able to, to just not pay their debts, pretty much. So let me ask you, and I, I need to hear your response. Are the profits of a student loan servicer more important than the people's lives? No. More important if than the people's lives. Tax revenue, which is what they're claiming, is it more important than people staying housed and fed? No. Should a far-right Supreme Court stop over 40 million borrowers from receiving student debt, student debt relief? No. I have a question. If she believes that profit is, is, is not more important than people, like it's all about people's lives versus profit. All oh, the profit mongers. Uh, I have a question. According to Fox News, Missouri Democratic Representative Cory Bush's campaign told out $60,000 in private security payments last year to Courtney Merritt, who she quietly married earlier this month. 
Uh, it seems like somebody is perfectly happy to, um, you know, embezzle. Is what that sounds like. Merritt's pocketed the security payments despite not having a St. Louis private security license, which is needed to perform security functions in the area. Merritt's also received the campaign cash as it simultaneously paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to a St. Louis security firm and another individual for personal protection. So, yeah, she, she's very much against profit unless um, her boyfriend, soon to be husband, is making it for being a security guard, even though he doesn't actually have a security license. Meanwhile, you have Ayanna Presley. She says it's callous and spiteful not to relieve people's student loan debt. Well, as somebody who paid off my own student loan debt, as somebody who paid off my wife's student loan debt, let, let me just point out that it is callous and spiteful for you to expect me to pay off your student loan debt or anyone else to pay off your student loan debt. Pay your own damned bills. Burdened by unjust and egregious student loan debt. With the stroke of a pen and clear legal authority, he responded. He canceled student debt. But callous and spiteful Republican officials disconnected from the hardship of everyday folks who are burdened by this debt. Those Republican officials and corporate interests across our nation just couldn't leave well enough alone. Couldn't leave well enough alone. Unbelievable. Meanwhile, Rashida Tlaib again, the squad, the squad gang. These, these are the best and brightest they are. She says it's unhinged for the Supreme Court to, to oppose this. And she, she actually is the, is the founder and chairman of the Unhinged People's Club. So she should know about Unhinged. Here we go. We are all standing with you. And just know this. I've seen things come and go, you know, when folks uh, come in office, come and go. But movement people don't go nowhere, right? They can change hands. They can, this unhinged Supreme Court can make all these decisions, but we're not going anywhere. Well, I mean, then you can just stand there, I suppose. And again, the, the tears are the tears are sweet. They were supposed to be salty, but they are indeed sweet. Because you know what? You're going to lose. And then your party's going to get blamed because you lied to the American people. And you lie to the American people, as it turns out, fairly regularly. God's justice is coming, and that right swiftly for a party that consistently lies to the American population and promises things it just can't fulfill. This is also true, of course, of Joe Biden. Now, I have to say, I, I'm feeling a little bad today for Pete Buttigieg. He's the Secretary of Transportation who has now blown out his presidential prospects because uh, he was a, a little nitpicky about going to East Palestine, Ohio for three weeks. He was too busy going on, um, on kind of jaunts on private jets to talk about how there were too many white construction workers or something. Uh, well, now Pete Buttigieg is, is trying, he's now put in the position of having to defend Joe Biden because Biden has also not gone to East Palestine, Ohio. He's been willing to jet off to Ukraine to do a photo op with Vladimir Zelensky. And he's, he's still out there doing political events. He's just not going to East Palestine. So here's Pete Buttigieg, who's now being forced to defend Joe Biden, not going to East Palestine. And now that you have been to East Palestine and you've seen the devastation firsthand, it's his decision ultimately. But I have to ask you, do you think that the president, President Biden, should visit and speak with families there? Well, what I know is he's been very concerned uh, throughout this process about uh, what the people of East Palestine are going through. Uh, I think also a, a visit to that level can uh, uh, can sometimes uh, have a, a lot of disruptive effects, so it would need to be thought of carefully. But I'm certainly glad that I went. Oh, the excuses. Oh, the, I'm, so, I'm so glad that I went. Oh, it, it, dude, it's too late. It's too late. You can't save yourself. The problem for the Democrats, of course, is that Kamala Harris is the worst candidate in human history. And Pete Buttigieg just blew himself out. So they got no one on the bench. That bench is absolutely empty, which means you are stuck with Joe Biden. So Joe Biden did an event yesterday. And um, man, he is gone. He is no longer with us. 
That means it's time for an episode of a, of a new ongoing series we'll call Joe Biden versus the teleprompter. Fight! Fight. True international average of pressure. How can that be, Joe? Well, right now, the government, our tax dollars, pay out through Medicare the help for the prescription drugs. If they have to pay out $159,000 billion lead, less. <laughs> He's angry at the teleprompter. <laughs> He's angry at the teleprompter. $159 billion, million, bajillion, exquillion dollars. I'm sorry that the brain doesn't, but that, that was not his only battle with the teleprompter. The teleprompter wins that one, but Joe was back at it. He was back at it. And, um, and here is Redux, Rumble in the Jungle, Joe Biden versus the teleprompter, part two. By the way, you docs are good. If there's any angels in heaven, they're all nurses, male and female. You know why? What? You guys let us, you guys make us, allow us to live. Nurses make you want to live. What in the what? What just happened? You know, you guys are the doctors and the and the nurse engineer. What we need is yeah, yeah, you doctor. Well spoken, sir. Well spoken. And he took that one on the chin, but that's not the teleprompter's fault. He's not reading from a teleprompter. He's reading from the ghosts who are all around him, ever present, waiting for him. Well, Joe Biden also told a weird story yesterday. Again, this is their this is their leader. This is the man who is going to lead them to the promised land. Uh, Joe Biden had a story. He had a story about a nurse. Apparently, this is the second time he has told this particular story. It's not quite on corn pop level, but I, I'm, I'm always up for a good Joe Biden story. I like Joe Biden stories. I think they're funny. Whether it is whether it is the story about his father, my personal favorite, the best Joe Biden story ever is, of course, the one about his father telling him that two gay men going at it on a street corner in Scranton, Pennsylvania in 1952, that those guys meant love, Joey. That, that's, that's the best story. But this one is pretty good. This is the one where um, apparently... He had a pornographic dream about a nurse or something. And a nurse named Pearl Nelson, military. She'd come in and do things that I don't think you learn in medical school, nursing school. She'd whisper in my ear. <laughs> I couldn't understand him. She'd whisper. She'd lean down. He'd actually breathe on me to make sure that I was, that there was a connection, a human connection. He's gone, folks. He, it's sad. It's sad. The president is gone. And that's 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 sad. So somebody needs to reach out to Pearl Nelson and be like, so what did you teach Joe Biden that you didn't learn in, in nursing school? Is that, by the way, is that a tactic that nurses frequently use? They go and blow in people's ears? Is that a thing? I feel like that's not a thing. I, 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 like, maybe they don't learn that in nursing school because that's crazy. I've never, she would make a human connection by blowing in my, in my, wong chicka Solid stuff there from the president. Of the United States. Just, just wow, he's good at this. Now, meanwhile, I, I have to say, I am amazed by the number of commentators who are actively like upset about the fact that the lab leak theory appears to be true. And the FBI has now suggested that the lab leak theory, that the COVID-19 virus started in a Wuhan lab and then was accidentally leaked out and then the Chinese government covered it up. And what, why is that even political? It seems like it shouldn't be. The only reason for it to be political is for people like Anthony Fauci, who supports gain-of-function research in Wuhan. But it, uh, other than if your name isn't Anthony Fauci or Francis Collins, I don't really see why, per se, you'd be invested in this. But the answer is because the wrong people believe the lab leak theory. So there's a, a fascinating exchange yesterday between Nate Silver and Mehdi Hassan. 
Mehdi Hassan is uh, the political hack over at MSNBC who used to work for um, Al Jazeera. And he tweeted out yesterday, the simple reason why so many people weren't keen to discuss the lab leak theory is because it was originally conflated by the right with Chinese bioweapon conspiracies and continues to be conflated by the right with anti-Fauci conspiracies. Blame the conspiracy theorists. And Nate Silver correctly tweeted back, this is so refreshingly honest. The bad people thought the lab leak might be true. Therefore, as journalists, we couldn't be expected to actually evaluate the evidence for it. That's exactly right. And that's really what this is about. Too many people on the right, including Senator Tom Cotton, thought that the lab leak theory might be true. And therefore, it was verboten. And even now, they can't let go of it. So Stephen Colbert, a former comedian, he went on his late night show and he attacked the Department of Energy for operating outside their lane based on their report, which is amazing because the Department of Energy oversees like a couple dozen labs that do exactly this kind of work. So they're actually not outside their lane. I love the comedian who is well outside his lane talking about how others should not be outside their lanes. It's, it's amusing. The Department of Energy released a new report saying a lab leak is the most likely origin of the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, there it is. Chinese wet markets, you're off the hook. Let's order a round of pangolin poppers for the table. I love a nice plate of wet apps. Now, if, like me, you're wondering why the Department of Energy is the one making this judgment, it's because that agency oversees a network of U.S. national laboratories, some of which conduct advanced biological research. No, no. Bad energy department. No bio labs until you finish building your electric car charging stations. Stay in your lane. You don't see, you don't see, you don't see, you don't see the Census Bureau building nukes. Stay in your lane, guys, says Stephen Colbert, the comedian who has never stayed anywhere remotely close to his lane. Worth noting here that John Stewart, who used to be the guy who made Stephen Colbert famous back when Stephen Colbert had the occasional funny moment. Uh, Stewart actually went on TV and he recalled the backlash to him talking about the lab leak. You'll remember in 2021, he did a very funny bit on Colbert's show in which he talked about the fact that the Wuhan Institute of Virology was in fact the source of, of the lab leak. Pretty obviously, he did a whole bit. It was very funny about how if there was a chocolate leak in Hershey, Pennsylvania, you might assume it had something to do with Hershey. Well, here he was explaining the backlash he received. The Department of Energy came out with a report saying that they have, they said, low confidence, but that uh, the COVID-19 was a result of a lab leak. Uh, Are you you trying to get me canceled again? (laughs) (laughs) It's not about certainty or the, the larger problem with all of this is the inability to discuss things that are within the realm of possibility without falling into absolutes and litmus testing each other for uh, our political allegiances as it arose from that. My my bigger problem with with that was I thought it was a pretty good bit that expressed kind of how I felt. And the two things that came out of it were I'm racist against Asian people and how dare I align myself with the alt-right. It's, it's he's totally right about this, by the way, John Stewart. I mean, when he says that he was immediately categorized as a right winger because of that, that thing, and he's as far left as it's possible to be. It is amazing. Now, the problem for John Stewart is, of course, he has, in fact, engaged in precisely the thing he's condemning. The sort of knee jerk, I'm going to side with the left and not examine the evidence on, on other possible ideas stuff. He does that, but not on this one. On this one, he was totally right. Meanwhile, Rand Paul, senator from Kentucky, who was right about the gain of function research stuff all along. He told Sean Hannity last night 
that Anthony Fauci actually gave a waiver to the bypass to, in order to bypass committee review when he was authorizing the Wuhan lab research. 900 pages from The Intercept, Project Veritas. Then we got the emails from the NIH themselves that they had a strong belief that their money went to the Wuhan Virology Lab. So for them to deny it or, you know, aren't they just denying the science at this point? They don't want to tell us that they were wrong? I think they're trying to escape the culpability because ultimately Anthony Fauci's advocacy, he had to go outside the boundaries of the normal process. There's a committee that's supposed to review these dangerous viruses and see if the, the, the experiments are too risky and shouldn't happen. This didn't occur in the Wuhan experiments. Anthony Fauci gave a waiver. He was one of the few people in government who could give a waiver and said the research doesn't have to be reviewed by the committee. We're just going to let it happen. Well, you know, I think that may be one of the reasons why Anthony Fauci doesn't want this talked about. It's amazing how the media, many in the, in the media, are, are actively jumping to defend Fauci and, and all of the rest. Okay, time for a quick thing I like and then some things that I hate. So things that I like. Last night, uh, I, was, I did an event with uh, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, best governor in America, governor of my home state. He has a brand new book out that is well worth the read. That you should go check out. It is number one at Amazon.com. So go check out his book right now. Here's a little bit of the clip from the interview. The entire interview is available on YouTube. We're also going to put it on the feed probably this weekend at some point. His book is called The Courage to Be Free. Here's a little bit of what it sounded like yesterday. I sold all my stocks before I got into office because, you know, I used to trade stocks as a hobby, but I didn't want to. These, these, these congressmen are trading stocks. They're making money and you wonder how they're getting that advice. So I didn't want to be in a situation where I made some trades and then two years later I voted on something and people tried to do. So I didn't do it. Obviously, it's made me poor as a result of that, but we didn't do it. And then, you know, I didn't accept the congressional pension. These guys get a pension after only a few years. You wouldn't be able to get that in the private sector. And so we said that no on that. And, and I think that I, I proved to my constituents that, you know, I was a citizen going up there to try to do what they wanted me to do, but I wasn't going to play the game. It was a great event. Really enjoyed it. And I think that you'll enjoy the full interview. Go check out YouTube for that or just wait until this weekend. We'll release the full audio on our on our feed. Also, time for some things that I hate. Alrighty, so now apparently McDonald's has decided that it's important to promote Cardi B and Offset. So there are a lot of people who are McDonald's franchisees and they're not particularly fond of this. They're not particularly fond of this because Cardi B is um, pornographic and so is Offset. These are not people who are, I would say, models for the youngins. These are not people, despite the fact that the left has tried to portray Cardi B as though she is an empowering figure for young adults. She is, in fact, not. She is a former stripper who has bragged about how she drugged and robbed men. And then she makes quasi-pornographic rap about her, about her various lady parts. And she is now being mainstreamed by McDonald's, right? Which, again, a lot of people go to McDonald's, kids. My parents bring their kids to McDonald's and you have ball crawl, the whole thing. So a lot of franchises are not happy. Here's McDonald's pushing Cardi B and Offset. My dream day with Offset starts like... Cardi, baby, get in. I surprised you with a place all to ourselves. Thank you, baby. You look gorgeous tonight, baby. We share our favorite McDonald's order. And we start with a cheers. Mmm, let's eat. The Cardi B... An Offset meal. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Hey. 
the Cardi B and Offset meal. Well, I mean, I, I do love how they're hijacking, you know, actual, you know, like 1930s and 40s style vibes in order to try and class up the joint. But these are not particularly wonderful and classy people. You'll remember that Offset, it's amazing what you can survive to not be canceled so long as you're part of rap culture. You'll remember that Offset actually rapped the lyrics, quote, I cannot vibe with queers. That was not all that long ago. He had to issue an apology, but the apology was sufficient because, of course, he is a member of the intersectional cadre. So that's totally fine. Well, a lot of the franchisees are looking at this and they're like, uh, we don't want any association with this. We don't think that Cardi B is child safe. We don't think Offset is child safe. In messages sent to the U.S. division in recent weeks, several McDonald's franchisees, according to the Wall Street Journal, said the artist's lyrics and lifestyles are not aligned with the company brand. Some owners wrote the chosen celebrities could erode McDonald's family-friendly image and urged other franchisees to remove advertising and merch associated with the Cardi B and Offset meal in their stores. McDonald's said Tuesday the chain has received widespread support and excitement from owners and their restaurant employees regarding the Cardi B and Offset meal. Apparently, the couple's promotion was meant to focus on love and celebrating special moments. Oh, isn't that nice? That it's focused on on love, right? I mean, like that's 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 what it is. It's all about about love, and and really like classy forms of love. Page six from the New York Post, October twenty twenty two. Cardi B shared a screenshot of explicit text messages she and husband Offset recently sent each other amid rumors that the rapper had been unfaithful. It all started Saturday with a Twitter troll reposting a meme of SpongeBob SquarePants looking at a phone with the caption, man, eat that D word. The user added, this is how Offset be with random women when Cardi B be away from home. Cardi wasted no time responding. Actually, this is how he be. Thank you. The since deleted tweet was accompanied by not safe for work texts between her and Offset, who is saved in her phone as Hummington, Hubbington. Um, and uh, it was rather obscene, shall we say? So um, yeah, th- th- it's it classy, just love, marital love, marital bliss. That's what they are all about is, is couples who are rumored to be cheating on one another, sending each other steamy text messages and putting them up on Twitter. The, the, the classiest of the classy people. This is, this is why so many children should be eating at McDonald's. Slow clap for the geniuses over at the McDonald's brand. Just, they are wonderful at this. Okay, other things that I hate today. So Harry Styles is a human. I, I've been informed that Harry Styles is a human. Now, I, I will, I, I've said before that I, I find Harry Styles pretty derivative. I mean, he's basically just doing David Bowie, but transed up. He, he, he is supposed to be a fashion hero because he keeps wearing women's clothes on the cover of magazines. Because he's, he's flaunting the rules, guys. Ooh. And he's, it's all part of the face tattoo syndrome. Harry Styles. Well, wow, it's groundbreaking. He's wearing a dress on the cover of a man. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And then you say, well, yeah, and that's not very masculine. He looks like, he looks like a dope. He looks like an idiot. And maybe men should actually you know, act masculine as a general rule. There are people who are not, but maybe as like a model of male behavior, you might want to act like somewhat masculine. Like, How dare you notice? Also, what makes you think he's not? Well, I, I, I think that it's not masculine to wear a dress. Just going to put it out there. Doesn't seem like a particularly masculine thing to do. Well, now, English pop singer Harry Styles is partnering with Michael Bloomberg's Every Town for Gun Safety's Students Demands Action. He has donated a million dollars in tour proceeds to secure more gun control in America, according to Breitbart. On February 27th, 2023, Styles decided to join forces with Every Town. Styles responded to a recent shooting, saying he was absolutely devastated by the recent string of mass shootings in America. And so he is going to use his money in order to promote gun control in a country where he does not live. To which we can only say that we fought a revolution so we don't have to listen to Brits. 
So Harry Styles can go back to making his uh, crappy music and second-rate movies with Olivia Wilde and wearing dresses on the cover of magazines. You're not going to take our gun rights because you donated money to Michael Bloomberg's group. It, so tiresome. Hey, final thing that I hate for today. So the Puerto Rico Miss Universe pageant is now going to allow a dude to compete. Isn't this, it's actually exciting. Maybe I should have put this in things I like. Finally, finally, gender parody. Finally, finally, dudes will be allowed to compete with the ladies in the Miss Universe contest. So exciting. According to the Associated Press, Daniela Arroyo Gonzalez, who's best known for winning a federal lawsuit against Puerto Rico's government that allows people to change gender on their birth certificate, was chosen on Thursday. It was her second attempt. By her, we mean his. He's a dude. In the April 2018 ruling, U.S. District Court Judge Carmen Consuelo wrote Arroyo and others who brought the lawsuit have stepped up for those whose voices, debilitated by raw discrimination, have been hushed into silence. Arroyo will compete with other candidates representing the island's 78 municipalities for the Miss Universe Puerto Rico title. Miss Universe pageant has allowed trans participation since 2012. The first transgender woman competed in the global event in 2018. Now, this is not a great shock because, of course, a trans activist was a dude from Thailand, bought the Miss Universe organization for about $20 million last year. And so you're now going to get to see a bunch of surgically enhanced dudes participate in the Miss Universe contest. At this point, I'm just wondering if, if there's any purpose to this. Why don't we just, well, honestly, why don't we just do computer-generated people and we'll have like a contest for that? Because let, let's face it, that's what's happening when you have a Miss Universe contest featuring surgically enhanced dudes. It's basically a contest among plastic surgeons. So maybe we should just call it the plastic surgery contest. Because that's really what you're doing here, right? You're slicing off some and you're putting in some fake vaginas and you're, and you're enhancing some chest tissue. You're implanting breast tissue and changing hormones and you're shaving down jaws and you're poofing up lips and you're it, like, who's the best plastic surgeon? It can actually be a reality show. Who is the best plastic surgeon? Because it certainly isn't who's the most beautiful woman because these aren't women. I know it's uncomfortable for, for us to recognize the simple fact, but that is a simple fact. You are now looking at dudes who have been surgically enhanced to appear more feminine, to look like women. And so if you are saying that that is the best woman, then I guess women are all just assemblages of parts. Everything that you say in the feminist circles about how people should stop viewing women as an assemblage of parts is completely undermined by this because you are literally talking about a man with an assemblage of fake female parts who you are now calling a woman and having compete with the other women who apparently have not been surgically enhanced, generally speaking. So if this person wins, congratulations to his plastic surgeon because that's really who is getting rewarded. They just well done. Plastic surgery has come a long way. Also, a thing I like that is related to a thing I hate, Mississippi is now banning transgender surgery on minors and hormone treatments on minors. And that is good. Matt, my friend, Matt Walsh, what is a woman? He went actually to the signing of the bill and he appeared at the press conference with Governor Tate Reeds of Mississippi, who invited him. He was the only invited guest speaker. And uh, it was great that Matt went. He also shellacked a couple members of the press who were asking very dumb questions about why boys can't be girls and, and all of the rest. The Mississippi bill banned for minors under the age of 18, puberty blockers, those would be chemical castration drugs, cross-sex hormones, and surgeries for minors. It is a very good thing. Again, all of this is because Daily Wire does things like what is a woman, and all of that is possible because you, our subscribers, make it possible. You give us the money that allows us to actually make things like what is a woman and to go on crusades like this to end child mutilation across the country. Thank you for your subscriptions. Really appreciate it. Make sure to head on over, if you're not a subscriber, to go to Daily Wire Plus and subscribe today so we can help protect kids all over the country. It's just one of the things Matt is doing and we are doing as a company as well.
Alrighty, guys, the rest of the show is continuing right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll get into the mailbag. But if you're not a member, you won't be able to have your question answered. So become a member. Use code Shapiro at checkout. Get two months free on all annual plans. Click the link in the description and join us. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 